Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for coming back to the Phantom Power Business Hour. Very excited to have an author on the phone with us today. And his name is Reza Arbi. He's a digital transformation professional from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. He has a degree in information systems and management from Northwood University in West Palm Beach and over 17 years of experience in the public and private sector. Uh, he has served on Malaysia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, was a principal consultant to the UN uh, Technology Innovation Labs and has worked for private companies like Gartner and MDAC and Marcus Evans. And his book, which came out just a few months ago, is called The Digital Transformation of Money, a primer on why Bitcoin matters and how it works. So Reza, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, um, I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, and um, looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, so how did we meet? We met over on the Orange Pill app, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I just found out about the, I, I just joined not too long ago uh, and uh, found out about the group uh, feature and uh you know and, and i saw that there was a, a a group that talks about books and whatnot so i thought uh hey you know this could be you know somewhere i share a little bit more information about uh what i've written yeah yeah it's funny because i was supposed to interview um somebody from the orange pill app uh brian dement and brian had to had to push our interview back right at the same time that i that you and i started talking on orange pill and i'm like oh this dude's an author this will be perfect we'll, we'll just talk about his book so good <laughs> l lucky for you we, we we got you in so um let let me start off uh, but by the way the how do you like orange pill app so far yeah i think it's it's pretty cool um i i've uh, met a few uh had conversations with a few people already um and uh you know uh connected with um some people you know the, the people from dubai and uh people visiting uh into uh malaysia as well you know so it's been and it's it's um uh people from you know various walks of life i guess uh, so it's a mix and uh yeah it's a pretty pretty interesting app yeah, I'm I'm still kind of feeling my way around it. Like I I didn't even know there was groups in there until like a couple of weeks ago. And then I found the book group and the musician group and I'm like, okay, that's that's cool. That helps. Um so let me let, let, let me ask you, let, let's start off with like I, you know, obviously I, I saw your bio on LinkedIn and read up on you a little bit. Um you went to school in uh in uh, West Palm Beach. Um are, are are you originally mm. from Malaysia, or where, where are you from originally? Uh, yeah, Malaysia. Um, okay. And uh, went to the states to to study uh, for a little bit, and then uh, uh, after after uni, got a job there for for a little bit. You know, and joined a, a startup, and uh, I came back in o four o five more or less, and then uh, that was that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what, 
you know, the University of Colorado has a good business school. You know, there's a lot of schools up in the cold and snow. <laughs> what, what, why did you choose that one? What, what, uh, what, what made you choose um, Northwood? It was a lot more serendipity, I guess. I didn't really, you know, at that, at that age, I didn't really have that much of a plan. I just, you know, fell in, you know, this and that. Yeah. And that was one of the opportunities that opened up for me. Um, you know, but I, I've always been interested in technology. I've, uh, you know, always, ever since uh, young, I've always been in, interested in looking at how can we improve things? How do we make things better for, for the people? Um, you know, I wanted, it, it, when I was uh, growing up, uh, um, I saw how much improvement, improvement the education system needed um and mm-hmm. is there something i can do to you know in in that area and uh when i was around 18 19 years old i i got involved again you know a lot of my life is by chance <laughs> it's okay good pros and cons to that yeah um and uh you know, so around 18, 19 years old, I got involved in a couple of uh, projects, uh, national projects. One was on uh, uh, e-government, and then another one was on a smart school project, mm-hmm. um, which was uh, fairly interesting, but also you know opened up my eyes a little bit more to you know how how things are. Around twenty twenty one, you know, I. I you know, I got the opportunity to, to continue with my studies and, uh, and I took that. Okay. Well, now what, what brought you into Bitcoin? What's your origin story for, for Bitcoin? Hmm. Yeah. That's uh so there's a long story and short story, I guess. Um, short story first. Um, short story long, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I found out about Bitcoin maybe around 2016, 20, yeah, around 2016, 2017 time frame. But uh, the, the short story is uh, around 2020, it, it, during the, the pandemic, you know, when, when it hit, uh, I thought that was when um, things are really gonna, gonna start to, to collapse. Mm. And, um, you know, I've always been a, uh, someone who believes in sound money, mm-hmm. um, precious metals, gold, silver, that kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I really saw that there was something there with with uh, with Bitcoin. But around 2020 was when I really um, got into really re- uh, into into research on what is this thing really how does it really work and um having a background of uh you know technology and understanding networks and whatnot it was it wasn't it wasn't easy you know even with someone with a technology background trying to understand what in the world this bitcoin is was uh uh, pretty uh challenging uh it took a long long time to to really have a um, 
a, a good understanding to a point where I can fair, you know, fairly talk about it, fairly confidently talk about it. Um, and that, that was, that was when, I, you know, around, around that time was when I really got, got into it. And I thought, you know, this is something that could potentially help a lot of people. Um, you know, as things around us, um, globally start to, I guess, uh, well, I don't know how else to put it, but you know, start to fall apart. Yeah. Um, this could be one thing that could help protect uh, people. Mm-hmm. And we can get, you know, we can get into that a little bit more if you like. But, yeah. um, but you know, so that, that's when I, I, I knew about this. I found out about it around 2015, 2016 time frame, uh, 2017, more or less around that time frame. And mm-hmm. I only found out about it because one of my colleagues at that point in time, uh, he started talking about it. And, and he was talking about it from the perspective of, hey, this thing, we're going to make money, you know, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a bit of a gambler and he, yeah. he likes to, you know, he likes to put stuff, in, in, in gamble into all kinds of different things. And uh, that was his point of view, right? It was just uh, a way to, to gamble. Mm. Um, and that at that point in time was when I was uh, working for a uh, an IT advisory company. And, um, th- you know, a lot of the analysts at that point in time, when they were advising a lot of the uh uh, leadership across, you know, various different IT organizations, they kept saying that the innovation is in blockchain, not in Bitcoin. So it's blockchain, mm. not Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, for for many years, they've been talking about that, and I, I, you know, I didn't really know any better, but I kind of like uh, um, l- l- like the I- idea behind, you know, some of the some of the uh aspects of of bitcoin you know so in terms of uh scarcity uh decentralization that kind of thing but i didn't really understand how it worked at that point in time yeah you know, and 2020 uh came around and i started looking into it a lot more closely and um even even today there's still a lot of questions around what is it really for what are the you know it's it's use cases what you know what how and and on top of that how does it even how does it even really work yeah so there's still a lot of that going on and i thought this may be a good way to to help people get to those kinds of uh, answers through through this book yeah i it's interesting you know people find their way into bitcoin from they they found it through covid they find it through music they find it uh, because maybe they got into Ethereum and NFTs and they lost everything, you know, they lost everything and then they come over to Bitcoin, you know, they get into it for scarcity, they get into it for sovereignty, they, it, it's fat, it's really fascinating, the, all the different angles that people uh, can get into it from. Um, mm. So what, so what started off the process of writing this book? Right. Um, again, you know, so I, I've always had this this 
this feeling ever since I was a kid, you know, that there's that there's something wrong. Mm. Just everywhere, right? I mean, some, there's something not right. Uh, if you look at everything, you know, from education to all the way down to money, yeah, there's something wrong and there's something broken. And um, I've always wanted to try to to spend my time, uh, my what whatever that I have, whatever that I can, to try to to try and fix some of some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know how I got into writing this book is because I saw that at the end of the day, with all the issues that's going on in the world today, it, there's there's no point fixing any of them. In my opinion, there's no point fixing any of them if we don't fix money. Amen. That's a great point. You know, it all boils down to that. And as you know, the, the as soon as we start, uh, you know, as soon as we fix money, then we can start fixing everything else. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. To, when you think about how you wrote this book and, and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sure you read other uh, books on Bitcoin, um, what, what do you think your approach towards writing it and your background um, is different? Like what, what did you try to do in your book that is different from the other books that, that are out there on Bitcoin? Right. So with some of the stuff that I've, I've seen, I've read uh, uh, elsewhere, that tend to be more focused on, okay, so what is the, the macro aspect of it? What is the investment aspect of it? What is the uh, monetary aspect of it? You know, they, they tend to go into 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 those focus areas. Uh, what is the technology aspect of it? How does it work from a technology standpoint? And many of these different things, many of these different, different approaches can get uh, quite um, technical uh, within that particular silo. Uh, so what I try to do is, you know, it with, with, with my experience in ha- having conversations with uh, people in leadership positions across various different companies and whatnot, they, they may be really, really good at understanding certain things, um, but none of us are very good at uh, understanding every single thing. This is not, not possible. And, you know, when, when it comes to Bitcoin, it's, it's similar in a way because you go into the, the macroeconomic side of it, you go into the monetary side of it, you go into the finance side of it, you go into the investment side of it, you go into uh, looking at it from, a, uh, from an IT perspective, you know, how does it work from a network, uh, networking mm-hmm. uh, perspective? Uh, it's a database and it's um, uh, cryptography, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it can get very uh, complicated and it can get very technical, very, very fast. So what are the key insights that I can get from each one of those different areas that that I need to be aware of? So if I'm if I'm a uh, if I'm heading up a, a, a company, if I'm a decision maker and whatnot, and I need to know what this thing is, uh, so that I can make better decisions, so I can ask better questions. Um, what do I need to know? Well, here you go. You read this book, and this this is a you know the the ground floor on all those different aspects 
to get you up to speed so that you can start making better decisions, asking better questions. Yeah. Hey, the, the book's been out now since October of last year, so three, four months. Uh, and obviously, uh, adaptation is, is the main point, is the theme, trying to get more people in. Um, have you found that there was a that there was a secondary message to it that you hadn't even thought of, like with, you know, with, with people who have read your book and come back to you with comments, what, what are some of the things that they've said to you um, in, in a review that you're like, Oh, I hadn't thought, I, I didn't think people would think of it that way. Um, I was just having a conversation yesterday with someone and uh, you know, who went through the book um, and he said, and I asked him, well, what, what do you think? And he said, this is really, really good because it covers all of the various different areas, right? So it, it's, it's everything that, you know, the, the, the person I spoke with, he, you know, it's just, just an average guy, just, uh, you know, um, one of us um, and not uh, a finance guy. He's not really an yeah. economist or, or, or He's not really a, he's not a technologist or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, and he said it's, it's, it's really, really good because, you know, you, I, I cover all these different uh, aspects and in, in a way that anyone can understand it. Um, and, you know, like, for example, uh, so I, I break up the, the book into three parts, right? So the first part is to understand the fundamentals, which is what, what is money? What in the world is money? What is what was it yesterday? What is it today? And how m might it, how could it, how it could potentially look like moving forward? Mm -hmm. um, and then part two is where I cover the various different use cases from the key concepts of Bitcoin to uh, looking at it from a settlements perspective, remittances, uh, uh, protection of uh, property rights, uh, free speech, that, that kind of stuff. And then part three is where I go into the, the mechanics, right? So how does, it, how does it really work? And when it comes to the, the mechanics of, of, of Bitcoin, um, you, you go through things like, <clears throat> like hash functions. Mm. Right. So what in yeah. the world that I have, you know, I, I was trying to have this conversation many, many years ago when I wasn't really looking into, uh, into Bitcoin very, very closely. And one of my one of my fr uh, friends um, who around that time, around 2016, 2015, he was already like uh, big into into Bitcoin. He, and he gets it. And he tried to explain to me about um, about hash functions and ledgers and whatnot. And I just when I just started glazing over, like, wonder what what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, it, and if you want to understand, you know, from uh, as how it works, you know, one has to to really get, you know, what is a transaction ledger, and and you know, how, how does that how does how does hash functions fit into all these things as well? And yeah. I tried to. In my book, what I try to do is I, I try not to use any of the jargon and I try to uh, explain it in a way that uh, it gives people a, um, uh, a, 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 a way to picture what something is, right? Because yeah. all these things, they're all just abstract concepts anyway. So, you know, you can try to describe it in multiple different ways. 
Well, the other thing that I really appreciated about the book is the poem is the children's poem that you put in because, um, you know, I, I interviewed another author, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if you heard that episode. That was, I think number five, Chris, uh, Bobet here from Nashville. And he actually put out a, um, children's book, uh, explaining Bitcoin to kids. And, and my, and I commended him on that because kids are, are, a lot smarter than we give them credit for. They have a better mm-hmm. uh, understanding of, of language than we think they do. And, and I, I really enjoyed the poem that you put uh, in, in that book for kids. Um, Thank that, you. Like, I yeah, really appreciate that. Yeah, that was a really great idea. Um, so tell me a little bit about the, uh, and, and let me just make one more point too. I think that, and I think you'll agree with it. Like what, one of the things I love about Bitcoin is that, if you are a super technical person, you can dive into the hash and the blockchain and the and all that stuff. Mm. If if you are if you are passionate about the economy but don't really understand the finite numbers, there's a space for you in Bitcoin. If mm. you are passionate about sustainability, about art, about helping people in other parts of the world, about so, I mean, it, there's so many uh, different things to to study within Bitcoin that. Um, are uh, indicative of what your personal preferences are. Uh, that I that it's fascinating. That's one of the things that is fascinating to me about it. I, I, I'm sure you've run into the same thing. I completely agree. I, I call it the the great humbler. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, you know, it it really um, opens up our our eyes uh, to see that you know that we don't. We don't know everything. We cannot know everything. But hey, with this thing, we can start down the the path of trying to understand, you know, why certain things are the way they are and yeah. how how certain things work. When and, you, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. When when mm-hmm. you wrote this, like, t- tell me about your ri- your writing style because I think you know book writers are the are in very the, the, they're very similar to songwriters in that regard. Like, did you have a set oh. schedule? Did you say, okay, every day I'm going to sit at four o'clock and I'm going to write for three hours? Or was it like you would write for two days straight and then you'd take a week off and write for three days and then take a week off? Like, how, how did you go about the process of it? Yeah, that's very, very interesting. Um, I, I got this I pretty much uh, finished writing roughly in, uh, in six months. Wow. And uh, I never thought I would ever write a book in my entire life, right? That was writing a book wasn't, yeah, I mean, it's never really one of the things I set out to do for myself. Uh, I never saw myself as uh, an aspiring author or anything like that. My interest has always been in looking at, okay, what is really wrong with, with civilization and how do we fix it? And um finding out about bitcoin made me realize that the fundamental flaw in, in our civilization globally right now is money um and uh i wanted to help people under understand that and understand this piece of technology when i first started out um i and i shared the, the funny story in, in in the book but you know it's when i first started out I put together a PowerPoint deck 
I mean, that's, what, that's what I do, right? I yeah. just prepare PowerPoint <laughs> slides and then You're I You're one I of those guys. Okay. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, okay, so I, this is what I know. Uh, I'll, I'll put it together. And I got like uh, seven or eight slides together. And I thought, I think I got it. I think this is it. This is all that people need to know. And I met up with, uh, with an ex-colleague of mine. Um, you know, so over, over coffee, I showed him, hey, check this out. This is what I got, right? Was that helpful? And <laughs> from that one conversation, it turned into like a two-day crash course and in, 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 in this book. Yeah. You know, so it kind of brought me back down to earth with, uh, with that conversation. Uh, but it was, it was helpful because um, from that, when, when, because I started out with, with a deck, I already had some kind of a structure in yeah. mind. And with that structure, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, with that structure, I, uh, I started putting uh, words to it in a way like, okay, if this was slide three, what would I be saying to people when this slide has, is flashed out? Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. this is part of the reason why in my, in my book, I use, uh, you know, I, there are some images as well that I include, uh, because those are that what's, what's on the slides. And, um, you know, since finishing this book, I've expanded that and there's a lot more stuff in the, in the, in the course, but, but basically, yeah, you know, I, there was a, it was a deck, there was a structure and, you know, uh, that was what I, I, uh, how I approached it. And when I was writing it, um, what I did was I, I tried to tell myself, okay, you know what? So I'm, I'm going to limit myself to 21 chapters, right? For, ah. uh, for obvious reasons, okay. right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to try to limit myself to 21 right. chapters. And with, with that 21 chapters, uh, you know, I, I thought, okay, this for, for next week, I'm going to finish writing X number of chapters. Uh, you know, and tomorrow I'm going to finish this one chapter. So, um, I start, I, start writing it on paper i mean that's i uh, i i'm a bit of a of a technologist but i'm still very old old school in that <laughs> sense i i prefer to get all my ideas out on on a you know on a pen and paper yeah and uh yeah i just uh, start writing it right writing it down and once i'm you know happy with it on on paper uh, I take it back to the computer, type it out, and I expand on it and I fix it and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it went went for. You know what it felt like? It it felt like uh, these things didn't even come from me directly. It felt like there was this external force that's channeling whatever information through me onto onto paper. Um, huh. That's what it felt like. And and when I was. Uh, uh, it, it, I guess, you know, that there's, I felt so strongly about, about this thing that when I was writing this, I was, I was also, uh, moved to writing that, that poem, yeah. you know, to, to help people, to help people see, uh, one, one side of things, another, another side of things, you know, and, well, uh, yeah. There's two points there that I want to bring, th three points that I want to bring up. Number one. That's a good friend that you have 
who you show the work to. And he's like, okay, let's, let's expand it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) in, in one way you're like, Oh God, thanks a lot, jerk. You know, but in the other way, (laughs) we need, we need friends like that in our life to push us. Right. Number two, I think it's really funny that you started on a deck and then you went to pen and paper. Like, <laughs> you know, you're kind of backwards in that regard, you know. And then the, and then the third point you said where you, where you felt like you were just kind of channeling all of this, in, this, these words, this, this, uh, this story, um, as if it was coming in you know, externally from, from an inspiration. And, and what it reminded me of is an interview that I saw with uh, the American musician, Tom Petty, who once said, somebody asked him about his songs and how he writes. And he said, you know, God has already written all the songs. It's just up to Mm -hmm. the individual person to just pull them down as they find them. And I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah. And I have, I have no explanation for why I thought of, Tom Petty, <laughs> when, <laughs> when, when you just gave me that example, uh, when you talked about it, well, are, are, are there any authors that you looked up to as an inspiration when you were writing this book? No, um, you know, I, well, the, the, the book in itself, you know, as I was the 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 way I was writing it, it's it's like a it's a bit like a, a a manual, right? So it's a bit like one of those technical. When I was when I was uh, uh, around eighteen, nineteen years old, I went for some IT certifications and whatnot, and and each one of the different uh, 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 tests or you know that, that you have to go through each one of the different modules, the 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 manual that you have to go through is like it's giant. <laughs> it's, it's super thick, and um, and it, it you know it covers that that whole that whole topic. Now, I I, I didn't really try to 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 um, follow any particular style when it comes to, to writing this book. All mm-hmm. all I'm trying to do is um, to to cover to to help people understand this really um this 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 piece of technology um in a way that 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 helps them get it to to a point where where i'm comfortable with understanding it right so how do i help somebody get to at least uh where, where where i'm seeing things and but but not to a degree where it's like one of those technical manuals, right? You know, so, um, it, you know, I don't want to say I, I was inspired by that. I mean, God, <laughs> that was that's, that's horrible. <laughs> but what I try to do is I try to, you know, okay, how do I explain that? You know, something something like that, but in a way that uh, that the average person will appreciate. Yeah. Well, let's. Um let's switch topics just a little bit. I want to talk about uh, Bitcoin in, in Malaysia really quick. Mm. Um, and um, I think it's safe to say, um, you know, that most Americans really don't have a, a good uh, background or an idea 
of where Malaysia is or its um, makeup. So let me just, you know, so just for those who don't know, uh, we're, Malaysia has about 35 and uh, 34, 35 million people. It's a constitutional elective monarchy. We got 13 states and two main regions. And uh, geographically, one of the things that fascinates me about Malaysia is that you've got the South China Sea right in the middle of two main regions. Um, roughly yeah. seven, r roughly 70 percent of the population is I, I don't know if native is the proper term but is is malaysian right and then uh 22 chinese 64 percent of the population is sunni islam 19 percent is buddhist and the three main service sector or ac uh, economic drivers are the service sector industrial and agriculture is that about right yeah well let's what i would like to add is that uh yeah there's uh, a few different uh, dominant races in the country, the Malays, the Chinese, the Indians, but we're all Malaysians. Okay. Okay. Now, um, I, I was just reading before we got on the phone here, um, there's about that about 35% of the population of Malaysia um, holds a, a cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin is the most popular one. Um, and And that percentage is actually higher than what's reported here in the states they say about 24 25% here in the states what why do you think that the pop, that that there's a higher percentage of of people in malaysia that are interested in bitcoin than uh the states maybe on a on a personal uh individual level um mm. you know that some people may may look into some of these things uh uh personal opinion on this uh my, my perspective on this is that uh people may tend to uh conflate uh, cryptocurrencies in general uh, uh and not really understand the, the nuances or the differences in, in each mm -hmm. and that's partly i think you know it stems from um visibility into the technology in itself and the, the, in terms of how it is enabled you know so these technology enablers now, um, there are many cryptocurrencies out there. We all know that um, Bitcoin is different, and you know this is one of the things that uh, I want to try to help people understand that, mm -hmm. and how can they, them, you know, themselves, be able to tell the difference and understand what are the differences in in each one of them. Um, one of the things that I think is relatively you know, quite fortunate for the country is that we have uh, our regulator, regulators um, working with uh, some of the uh, exchanges in um, making sure that they operate with uh, a, a level of uh, oversight so that, mm -hmm. you know, you know they can say that they offer a legitimate service and people decide you know so for example there's this there's uh, an exchange like luno and it's connected to it's, it's uh, it, you can connect that with your your bank account so that you can uh use your fiat and and uh, acquire uh you know bitcoin or other cryptos directly 
Okay. So that's so that's pretty. That makes it a little bit more convenient. So I look at things from a digital transformation and digital adoption standpoint. And one of the things when it comes to technology is that you can have the best technology in the world, but if people don't know anything about it or don't know how to use it, um, it's just going to be wasted. You know? Yeah, so, they're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. G g give us a couple of uh, like re real use cases going on in Malaysia. Like, are you, like, are is there certain shops, certain certain vendors that are, that are using mm. Bitcoin? Mm. Nothing. No. Um, you know, it is not where I think it needs it, it, it where it can be what I'm trying to put what I'm trying to, to to help create here is this awareness and understanding at the organizational level right so yeah uh, companies businesses uh, government and whatnot um, and helping them uh, helping them ad adopt this this technology, helping them differentiate this, you know, b this technology with all the other ones as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, to, to give an example, right? So uh, there there are many companies out there with uh, with with uh, capital with assets that they need to, to come up with strategies or how do they want to allocate this this asset, mm -hmm. uh, how do they manage uh, their, their own internal uh, treasury, how, you know, what, you know what, what are some of the things that uh, they should be doing about it. And it is very traditional in a, in a, in a way. Uh, and, you know, so a lot of people are doing this right now. So they're, they're very good, very intelligent. Uh, and they um, understand how, how it works. Uh, at the same time, there's this new thing that, that has uh, come up and, and it is going to radically change a lot of things. Um, and understanding it is, uh, understanding it requ uh, you know, takes time and, and and uh effort and resources um you know so they need to, to spend that time to to see how it's going to impact everything else you know so um you know to give you an example uh there there's uh you know, there are courses in MIT, there are courses in, uh, with uh, Yale and, you know, and, uh, and they, they work with National University of Singapore and, and all kinds of other uni big major universities out there. And you, guys, you, know, you can spend a lot of money and you can spend, you know, like a whole semester trying to understand this thing. Yeah. You know, there, are, there are resources out there that, that, you know, that help people do that. But not everyone uh, has that, that time, can, you know, has, can afford to, to spend that amount of time a whole semester to, to understand this. Um, and many of the, of the resources out there, a lot of the books out there tend to focus on one particular aspect, right? So how do I understand this thing holistically to, to a point where, ah, okay, you know what? I finally get it now, I get it. You know, and um, that's that's what I, I try to do to you know to to 
get the key points from across all these different silos, uh, you know, for for these for these individuals. So tying it back to uh, to, to the to the first part, which is it's more than just uh, individuals. It's all these different companies, whatnot. Because at the end of the day, they manage a lot of resources. They manage a lot of capital. They manage a lot of assets. And in the case of uh, sovereign wealth funds, for example, they're managing the people's money. Uh, pension yeah. funds, they're managing the people's money. And you know, if they ignore this new um, this new thing, if they ignore what this new thing means and how it's going to radically change everything, uh, then they're doing the people a, a disservice, right? So it is it is incumbent upon them to do everything that they can to understand this new landscape. And then yeah, you, I don't, yeah. Yeah. And you, you've worked with the sovereign wealth fund of Malaysia. Are, are, are they investing in it or, or can they say they're investing in it? Can you talk about that or not? Um, what I can see is that, um, you know, uh, um, what I'm trying to do is to help people with perspective. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and, and that's, that's all I can, I can really hope for is, yeah. you know, so what is a, you know, you can, you can look at one thing in multiple different ways and, um, you know, what is it really? So this thing, Bitcoin is here to stay. It is not going away. I agree. And if it's not going away, it's not going to zero. And, you know, it, it's going to be a part of just everything that, that we're, that we know. So, and, and if that's the case, if that is the reality of it, then we need to understand what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you know, I mean, I, 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 I guess that there's there's a way they could hide it, but do, do you know if if the sovereign wealth fund had, for Malaysia has invested in Bitcoin? I I I don't think so. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. may. I, I, I can't. There, there's there, there's. I mean, I I'm I'm aware of cer of certain things. Um and um what. Or I'd say is that they may have looked into it in the past, but the the, the general uh, the general perception in many of the uh, people in charge, of, not just not I'm not talking specifically you know the sovereign wealth fund, but I'm just talking about the uh, corporate side in in the country, yeah. is that they still tend to to hang on to this idea that the innovation is blockchain as opposed to bitcoin yeah yeah your comment from the earlier and that's and that's kind of what, what like when i first started studying up on, on about it um that that's where my initial focus was was on the blockchain and then i and all the signs kept on pointing to bitcoin um <clears throat> you know yet you mentioned companies that have capital and that, as you know from the emails we've had back and forth, that I'm I'm more interested, or what got me into Bitcoin is the musician is the uh, musician side and being able to post your music into the you know into the value verse into the Bitcoin world and get paid in Bitcoin, and what that does for musicians is is it's a much faster cash flow and it's a cash flow where they have ninety to ninety five percent of the uh, revenue. 
you know um so if i i would say that you know if if you know any uh uh musicians independent musicians there um who are interested in learning more about this that that uh in interested in learning about bitcoin or looking for a way to make some more money um that that is that is generally my pitch is that you know nine times out of ten musicians are broke and he, here's another way to 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 make some money and you're going to get it instantaneously over the lightning network you know yeah um i think you know this is just another application of the of the technology piece and i think it's, it's brilliant um yeah in, in terms of uh you know micro payments and yeah um you know it, it and and to cut through a lot of uh the intermediaries uh, in one of the chapters in my book where i talk about settlements um i share a graphic that i that i created that shows the multiple different layers in between uh when it comes to a person that's making a purchase as buying something uh versus when the uh person selling that thing actually gets their money and um yeah we live in a world where there are tons of all these different layers um, and everybody takes a tiny piece of, uh, they, they take a cut of every yep. single, you know, every time the money moves. And, you know, yep. the, these transactions, they're in the trillions of dollars every single day. And all these different companies, you know, everybody takes a little nibble out of it. And part of the reason why, um, there's a lot of resistance is because they're they're especially from these players of fintech and, and and whatnot is because they're they are creating a moat you know they imagine you're you got a business and this technology is going to wipe out your business completely mm -hmm. you know obviously from a from a business standpoint you're going to say no the technology is not not good right we, we don't we don't need it uh, our service is way better uh, you know, because you're you're just creating a moat uh, for yourself. And you're protecting your business, um, but they're all outmoded. It's it's uh, it's obsolete. It's uh, redundant. You know, so yeah. as soon as Bitcoin became a reality, those businesses they're they're completely uh, irrelevant. Yeah. So it can take trillions and trillions of dollars away. So, and what does that mean for the for the average person? Is that it's more savings, uh, it's a lot mm -hmm. faster service, mm -hmm. and you know they can get revenue directly. So, like mm -hmm. for for example, these musicians and whatnot, they uh, they can get they they can get more from uh, their uh, listeners. Uh, instead of having that you know these uh all these different layers take tiny nibbles out of uh, what they should be getting yeah absolutely one of the biggest um i i could not agree with you more reza i think it's going to be fascinating to as bitcoin continues to grow to see how many middlemen are cast aside and there's a lot of them in the entertainment industry whose sole point as a business is to go out and make sure that artists are compensated when their music is played in different in different places right but mm -hmm. if there is a direct direct link between the listener 
a, a direct monetary link between the listener and and the creator then that collection group is no longer needed and it's going to be fascinating to see what this does to them it's going to be fascinating to see it yeah, yeah. and uh you know what you know uh, in many instances a lot of these uh, intermediaries they don't really add a lot of value no um, they take they take a lot of value away but yeah. they don't really add a lot of value what will be interesting to see how things evolve is you know so at the end of the day when it comes to uh these musicians and you know all these different uh people that that sell a service or product um what is important for them uh if i was in their shoes is the the market right so yeah. i want access to potential customers potential clients and whatnot so what would be interesting to see how things evolve is somebody providing a service where they can they can match them with you know their intended audience their market um and so that's real value and that's something that okay you know what um i'll you know if i'm someone that's uh, providing the service or product all right i'll give you a bit of a you know i'll i'll give you a cut uh if you can help me with with uh uh aligning finding what an I audience have with, yeah yeah that's right yeah with finding an audience yeah are are you listening to any of any of these podcasts or any of the music on on like a on a two point app like Fountain or Podverse or Podcast Guru or anything like that? Um, I've I tried out uh, Fountain. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, you know, so it's uh, uh, you know, and they're still, uh, I, I, they're still know, in development. Although I talk about uh, a lot about technology, I'm still relatively old school, I guess. So I still go on to like Apple Podcasts and, and YouTube and uh, to some degree yeah. Spotify. Yeah. Well, this show is, is only going to be on those modern podcasting 2.0 apps that, mm. al that allow for that, that transaction, that, that value for value between the listener and um and the creator um so um you know we, we've got a couple of days before i uh, before i put this up so uh definitely send me uh a, your lightning address because i'm going to split this show with you so anybody who's listening if they want to uh donate you know like half will go to me and half will go to you right um oh interesting yeah, yeah man happy to do it um you, you can use you, you can send me your uh fountain uh id um, your, your fountain address, excuse me, or like if you have get Albi, uh, that wallet. Um, but we, we can talk about that offline. Um, but yeah, so that's, so I, I intentionally do not put these up on like, um, and, and I will not put them up on Spotify or YouTube or iTunes or anything like that, because there's no Bitcoin exchange of value in them, mm. you know, you know, and I think, you know, thanks for sharing that. And this is an interesting uh, way things could, could develop, you know. So some of these, um, uh, I would say traditional, but, you know, the, the current uh, players in the market, right? So the, the, the companies that we're all familiar with, they need to start to innovate and provide something similar or they're going to be uh, driven out, uh, yeah. out out of that you know of that segment um and this is how things are going to evolve we're we're this is going to be the norm and yes if 
you know, and if uh, you know a lot of these companies, uh, the current ones, uh, don't, or, or if they continue to ignore it, um, yeah, you know, it's only going to be, uh, it, it, again, they're they're not going to be they're, um, they're they're not moving in the right uh, right direction, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I would agree. Know, so, and a lot of these companies, they already employ a lot of, uh, you know, uh, people that can do something about it, you know, and uh, it's not very difficult to allocate some of these resources to start developing in that direction. So to me, you know, having been in industry for, for a little bit, um, you know, I'm, su I'm surprised, but I'm also not surprised why. <laughs> Why they're, you know, why, why yeah. it is the way it is. Well, I think something is, you know, they, they are just notoriously slow and they're only going to move when they, when they feel threatened and when they're losing revenue. I mean, there's, there is going to be a podcast host or a musician or a visual artist of some sort. And it could even be an author who is going to break into the mainstream from the value for value world, from the Bitcoin world. And at that point, that's when Spotify and iTunes and Sony music and UMG is going to have to go, what, what the hell did we just miss? You know, because, because there's going to be a musician or a podcaster or somebody who is making millions of dollars a year in the Bitcoin space and is and whose popularity is mainstream and cannot be denied and the majors are going to have absolutely no hand in it and not only that mm. but they they are going to have nothing that they can offer because mm. you know because because of all those middlemen that you were just talking about earlier you know all those people that that want to jump in because you know i mean if you are if you host a podcoin uh, a a uh, podcast on on bitcoin and everybody knows you worldwide and in your first book and people are paying you to get the latest and greatest and they're paying you directly. What the hell do you need Spotify for? What do you need iTunes for? What do you need YouTube for? You yeah, don't hundred uh, percent. Exactly. You don't, you know? Nope. So, nope. so let, let me ask you a couple of follow-up questions. I, I, I know it's a, it's a Wednesday morning there and you probably got to get your day going and it's Tuesday night here. And, and, uh, as you can see, that's, it's getting pretty, <laughs> it's dark over here. Um, getting to the end of the day. Tell me, do you have a, um, do you have a follow-up book planned? Do you have the next um, one in the, in the works? I, I, right, right now I'm focused on, uh, trying to get this, uh, uh, course, uh, started out, you know, so it's, um, uh, it's a crash course, you know, so instead of spending a whole semester and all that money to, to understand Bitcoin, you know, you know, spend time with me like a day, maybe two days, and I'll get you up to speed. Um, that and uh, I'm also I, you know, I, there's also a children's book that uh, I'm, I'm working on. Oh, great! Where it, it, I've already written it out. It's in the style of uh, Dr. Seuss, but right now the focus is trying to get it illustrated. Is it going a bit a bit slow, uh, slower than I would like, but um i'm working with an illustrator to who who's uh, helping me with uh getting the artwork done and um 
uh, yeah, you know, so those, those couple of things. Well, you should reach out on the Orange Pill app, reach out to Chris Bobay, B-O-B-A-Y. He and his wife wrote a book called Bitcoin for Kiddos. Um, and you should check and you can actually go to Bitcoin for uh, Bitcoin for um, and check him out and reach out to him. He's here in Nashville. He's actually like 10 miles up the street from me. So, um, oh, okay. cool. great. Well, and um, nice. good. So uh, you know, we got another book coming. So but it's not, you, but it's not, uh, but it's not on, on Bitcoin, right? So it, it's, uh, no, it's, it's a, it's, it's a children's, it's a book for children about Bitcoin. Yeah, no. What what I'm working on is um, is a children's book to to help them understand uh, money. Okay, I think he's yeah. well. Re reach out to him because he. I'll he, check it out. He, yeah, he did I'm, something. I'm, he he did something similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bitcoin for kiddos: the story of Bitcoin. Is, there think, you go. Uh, yeah, it looks yeah. Uh, it looks interesting. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you two two fun questions before we we before we wrap it up. No, number one, and first of all, I, I think it's really cool that you had no idea you were going to be like the, when you were growing up, you never had it in you that you w would write a book. So for any aspiring writers out there who are listening, what, what advice do you have to share with anybody who's, who is curious about writing their first book? Yeah, <laughs> I don't so I, I guess I, I can I can answer that in a couple of different ways, but uh, I may not be the, the best person to answer that. Um, but it, to to share my experience, um, a, a lot of it is passion. Um, you know, I you know I I start out from a position that you know how how what what is it that I can do uh to to help people understand this this thing where it's it it's it can't where it's complicated and it can be it can be complex mm -hmm. you know so how do i help someone do that and and because i i felt very very very, very strongly that you know, this is you know this is the thing that can help protect a lot of people uh, from, um, I mean, one one perspective is to protect them from theft uh, yeah. that's going on every yeah. single second of every single day. You know, yeah. so you know, I tell people that look, money is labor. At the end of the day, yeah, if you want to look at it that way, that, that's that's what it is. It's it's a representation of your labor, mm -hmm. and and your labor is being stolen from you every single second of every single day and the question is how are they doing that and why is it difficult for the average person to understand that that is exactly what's happening you know so um and uh yeah so i for for me it's it's passion um and it's also really um you know I try when when I was writing it. I try to to make sure that I don't use a lot of difficult words, uh, a lot of uh, technical jargon, mm -hmm. um, you know. And uh, 
So it depends on, so I guess the, the, the lesson is depends on your audience, right? So who are you writing okay. it for? Uh, so there are a couple of, I guess, you know, there are a couple of ways of, of looking at either you're, you know, you, you, you're writing something and you're just writing it purely for yourself. And this is just what you want, um, you know, what, what, what you want to do for yourself and, and what you want to uh, uh, see. And, and, and then another way of looking at it is where, okay, you know, how do I make it, uh, this thing that I'm writing accessible to as many people as possible. Right. So I guess it, it depends, uh, depends on the approach, depends on your intent, uh, depends on your market. Um, you know, and I think, you know, it, it, it seems like, uh, I think if I, if I can write this, if I can do this, I think anybody can, can write, um, anyone can, can do it. Yeah. Um, so it, have a, have a, have a plan for, to share my experience, have a plan, have a structure, um, and start writing, um, get it, get it done, get it yeah, for, 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 for me is to get it on paper, yeah. get your know, thoughts out. Um, yeah. anytime you, anytime you have an idea or if you have a, a, a thought about something, oh, okay, you know, that's, that's, that, that's an interesting way of looking at it write it down write yeah. it down immediately and uh uh you know and m moving you know down the line you might think uh you know i'm not gonna gonna use that but nine times out of ten it's gonna be something that helps you to something else yeah you know and uh so just uh start writing i think that's that's where where you know some of the, some of the things I, I, I think I can I can share that that can potentially help uh, other writers out there or aspiring writers. Last question: There's a lot of quote unquote, uh, for lack of a better term, celebrities in Bitcoin. There's a lot of famous Bitcoiners. Is there is there somebody in the Bitcoin space who you who has not written a book, but you but you wish they would, and and who is it? Ah. Um, I follow quite a number of different people, um, when it comes to, to Bitcoin, um, and a lot of these names, I'm sure, you know, a lot of Bitcoiners are familiar with, um, I follow a lot of what, uh, a lot of the, on, on Twitter, um, you know, so people, uh, people like, uh, and these are uh, folks not necessarily in in tech, just technology, but a lot of them are in the in the finance space. Yeah, you know, so people like Greg Foss, like Lawrence Lepard, people like Lynn Alden, Jeff yeah. Booth, um, Preston Tish. Um, I, I like uh, a lot of the work that um, uh, you know uh, Peter McCormack, uh, what Bitcoin did. Um, yeah, of course, Michael Saylor, the guy. It has a gift when it comes to uh, analogies, um, you know. So yeah. definitely Michael Saylor, you know. Yeah. So uh, these are some, very, you know, very very good people to to get perspective uh, from. Um, I think anyone who's just starting out in this space, it, it, you know. But some of the things that they say may be uh, can can get a bit a bit a bit technical. But look at it as a good thing because, you know, if you encounter something like that, you know, go deeper. 
right? So uh, research a bit more, ask a lot of questions, and uh, yeah, you'll get there. Yeah, I think for anybody who is new to Bitcoin, you're going to feel like you're in over your head for three, four, five months until it, uh, until it all starts to click and, and come together. So, well, Ray, can we, um, wh wh where can uh, so we find? Maybe, sorry, maybe one thing I, I, I want to add to, to what you yeah, just said was that uh, um, what could help <laughs> is, you know, ha ha recognize that nothing makes sense. <laughs> right now, yeah. and the, you know, and the reason why nothing makes sense right now is because everything is is just a lot of a lot of things is broken. Um, and yeah. and uh, it, it, you know, recognize that that may be the case, and ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, and uh, get to the next question is what uh, how I would I would describe it. You know, because the answers are everywhere but the questions may be elusive. Ooh. Ooh, that's good. I like that. I like that. Well, Ray, where can they, where, where can everybody buy your book? Um, I, I know they can find you on Orange Pill and they can find you on LinkedIn and there's links there. Um, is, there is, is your book for sale over here in the States or do we got to buy it from uh, Malaysia and have it shipped over? Yeah, uh, thanks for that. Um, you know, so they can find me on Twitter as well uh, at Reza RB, and uh, you know, I've also got my my website uh, RezaRB.com, and um, uh, the book is uh, available in in hard copy. You know, you can buy it online. Uh, there's a, a a link on my web page that can direct you to a bunch of different places where you can order it and it's also on kindle so oh it's I mean, on so kindle for, great okay. yeah yeah great. and uh so for for anyone globally that wants to get a copy uh and uh, you know prefer the digital version of it it's uh it's all it's there on uh, amazon kindle fantastic well i will i, I will put some links to it um, in the chapters and in the show notes so that when people are using a, a, a modern podcasting 2.0 app like Fountain or Podverse or um, TrueFans, uh, they'll be able to click right on it and, uh, and, and get to it. And um, yeah, send me your lightning address and, okay. and, and, and I'll split the show with you. <laughs> this, uh, this is going to go up on monday the 12th so uh i got a little bit of time to to edit and get this one ready um but um ray thanks so much man for coming on and uh i i, I wish you all the best with the book and uh and if you're coming over to nashville man you got to look me up oh well too really really appreciate it really good talking to you um you know and i hope uh people listening you know, gain gain something out of this conversation, and uh, uh, yeah, you know, really, really appreciate the the time and the you know this um, uh, conversation. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, um, st stick around for a second, and uh, we'll we'll talk uh, offline. Okay. Awesome. All right. Cool. Thanks, Ray. Thanks. Appreciate it. That is Reza Arby. 
over there in Kuala Lumpur. And I hope you guys get a chance to check out his book. This is one of those conversations where I feel like I could have done like a hundred different chapters because he's there's so many little nuggets and so many little tidbits of great uh, thoughts that he has and 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 places that you can do your own investigation. Um, and I would encourage you all to uh, check out the Orange Pill app and uh, reach out to him or reach out to him via LinkedIn or via his website. And you'll find all the links to that in the show notes. So thank you guys very much for listening to the Phantom Power Business Hour. Uh, We'll see you back here on Wednesday for the Music Hour. We got a special Valentine's Day show for you. And then we got the Music Review coming up on Friday. And then next week for the Business Hour, I'm trying to line up a conversation with uh, Sam Means from Wavelake and Open Mike, uh, famous in the Noster community. Uh, I'm going to be with those boys down in Phoenix next weekend, so hopefully we can uh, have a quick little conversation with them and uh, catch you guys all up to speed on what's up. So that'll do it for us. Thanks so much for listening. We'll, uh, We'll see you soon or hear you soon or listen to you soon. Take care.